Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Giant Splash, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the San Francisco Giants and Major League Baseball. I am your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slesser, and our guest today is catcher Buster Posey. It's a little loud because we conducted this interview during batting practice and the music is blaring. Enjoy. First of all, I'm um, wondering just in general kind of how you're feeling here with so few games left in the season and you guys are tearing down the stretch. You've been in this position before, obviously, but is this year different for any reason? How are you kind of look at it? Well, I mean, I think the obvious reason it's different is that we're, you know, 99 wins at this point and we're still having to grind with 10 games to go. I don't think that uh, it'd be interesting. Maybe that's something you could find out for us. It'd be interesting to know how many times uh, two teams have had this many wins and it's been this tight with 10, 10 games ago. I would think it doesn't happen too often. You guys are 46 games over 500 right now, and that's the first time this franchise has been 46 games over since 1913. So I can't imagine a scenario like this has happened very often. Probably, yeah. That's probably right. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Um, is it hard not to scoreboard watch at all? I mean, do you kind of keep notice? Yeah, I mean, I always have throughout my career. So, um, I, I don't personally think it, for me anyways, it doesn't change how I go about my day. So yeah. I think sometimes that might be over-amplified. Yeah. No, you like to keep things simple. Yeah. You've told us that. You know You're that. at your best when you keep things simple. Yeah. Including interviews. Uh, <laughs> um, less chance of getting in trouble when you keep it simple. That's true. Oh, get in trouble, Buster, please. Obviously, whatever happens with you guys and the Dodgers, one of the top two teams in baseball winds up having to go to a wild card. Either way, what do you think of the system at this point when that's the case? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's been a good system overall. I mean, I think it's kept teams more competitive. Uh, you know, some moves at the deadline that probably wouldn't be made uh, if there was only one wild card team, and it's just the way it happened to work out this year. I think overall, it's still it's really it's a good thing for the game. Yeah. You've, again, played on so many great teams. Um, how is this team different from some of those great Giants teams of the past that we think of? Um, you know, beyond just the fact that there were his not really big expectations. Alex Wood's his favorite teammate, so that's... that's Alex Wood. <laughs> there you go. You're getting yourself in trouble. Um, are there differences? Yeah, there's differences. I mean, there's differences with every team. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say one of the, the main ones for me is just... Feel like we're never out of a game it just huh. feels like you know you get down early it's like okay you know we can fight our way back into it and on, on the other side of that i feel like we've done a nice job of if we get up early tacking some on um i think that just stems from having a having a having a, an approach each time up there and really just no matter what the scoreboard says it's like through your process and, and compete and add it back. And I think 
through the course of the game, um, you're th- seeing good things happen because of you know compartmentalizing to each of the or each of that. Obviously, the postseason's a completely different beast, but the fact that you guys have done this so often during the regular season, win late, win games late, pile on early when you can, you know, gone through a lot of obstacles. Does that wind up having an impact in the postseason when you get there? Does that kind of experience yeah, I help? I think it does. I mean, from from past experiences for me, um, playing tight games down the stretch, and I feel like we've been playing tight games for or meaningful games now for a month or more. Um, I think it does help. And like you said, postseason is definitely different. Um, it's a different feel. Um, just the energy in the stadium is different. Um, but but I do think it helps. But I would venture to say most teams that make the playoffs are probably playing some tight games down the stretch. So, Do you marvel at Lamont Wade the way the rest of us do? Yeah, he's been so he's been just been so fun to watch. I mean, I can think back to spring training and he was a little bit wide-eyed, but he was like just all ears and asking questions and you've just seen his confidence grow and he he knows he belongs in the big leagues now. And uh, but he still remained humble and uh, that's uh, that's the best kind of teammate. Yeah, for sure. I didn't I mean, you know, it was such an under the radar move. Uh, and, you know, early in the season, people were like, the Giants are so good, why are they so good? And you could go pretty easily point to you and Crawford and some of the other veterans and say, well, the veterans are all having this great year, but it's really been such a mix. And I think now it's sort of the guys like Lamont and some of the, you know, the guys on the bench and things like that that really kind of jump out. As, in terms of overall team, what is your um, kind of analysis of, of how you've all come together as essentially a 26-man roster almost every night? I I think that there's that's the main reason why we are where we are right now is that it's been a, a collective effort and uh, nope I don't think anybody's felt like they've had to carry the team this year and uh, I think you could probably even though I wasn't on the team last year you could probably point to last season when you had guys like Yaz, uh, Slater, Dickerson, maybe some more like kind of under the radar guys. Uh, really have big offensive performances, albeit you know 60 games, and I think it, I think that took pressure off of myself and Crawford and Bell to know that hey, there's other guys in here that are gonna uh, be productive as well, and that stuff kind of like you know builds and snowballs, and uh, when you can go to the plate and, and be free and relaxed. Um, you got a lot better chance of being successful. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Buster Posey. But first, a reminder, you can find all the Chronicles baseball coverage at www.sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
I'm a big do you think last year was for also a new coaching staff and a new manager kind of getting their feet with obviously we you know everybody knows they're a little untraditional with how big the staff is they're pretty young not a lot of experience but you and Brandon Crawford and Belt seem like you embraced everything pretty and Longo pretty quickly too. and Longo yeah embraced things pretty quickly well Longo goes back with Kathler so you'd, you'd hope he would but um how much did last year kind of getting them prepared and going into this year help and how, how different are they from other staffs around baseball or the ones that you've been with yeah I mean they're different from staffs I've been with I couldn't speak to around baseball yeah. uh, but I think last year helped a lot I think uh I think we probably all felt it as early as spring training in 20, having, you know, those five, six weeks to work together and uh, start to build relationships and, and trust. And um, I think what this staff has done so well is um, it's obviously like new age coaching, but they're not they've never been forceful with it right you know they're they might approach me one way then they approach la stella or or bella whoever it's not a, a one-size-fits-all and uh that's that's a big reason why it's worked in my opinion yeah stop me if i'm wrong but i get a sense that they really maybe more than than so in, in past years with with coaching staffs around baseball they care about like the whole person the person you know not just as an asset or a player but um, it seems like everything is, like you're saying, kind of flexible and nuanced. And, you know, what are we going to be able to do to help you be at your best? And is that extra rest or more time? Or do you want to sleep in for a half hour? Like, there's no judgment. It's just kind of um, helping everybody be at their peak in every way, on and off the field. I think that's fair. I mean, I think there's a lot of work that probably goes in behind the scenes that we players don't see. Um, whether it's conversations or uh, you know meetings that they're having about what you reference, not necessarily uh, maybe it's not mechanics. Maybe it's hey, this guy's got a hamstring that's bugging him. Let's uh, let's try to do this to help him get through it. Just that's just a, a small example. So yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think that's another a strong strong point of. Were you on board with the playing schedule right away when when you guys started talking about it? Uh, especially, you know, obviously you didn't play last year, so I'm guessing it wasn't necessarily a hard sell. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, and I think we both went, or Cap and I went into it being open-minded uh, that if we wanted to adjust as we went along, that we could. So it was not, never anything set in stone. Um, but I think once we both saw that uh, we both saw the benefits of it, that it was pretty easy to, to stay the course. How do you feel like the results are now? Of course, I'm asking you after you caught two back-to-back four-hour games <laughs> and we're running the bases like a maniac last night, so yeah. you might not be feeling quite so fresh today. But in general, do you feel like maybe you're a little, little less run down than you might be in a September? I think so. Um, I mean, it's, it's all relative, right? I'm 34 now, so it's different than 25 for sure. Um, but but I do, yeah. I, I think overall I do. And as you mentioned, back-to-back four-hour games are not ideal. Um, Bunch of doubles. But it's 
it's good to come out on the, the winning side of those, that's for sure. So uh, in the game two here, uh, Scott Casimir was going, he's been a pretty great story all year. Uh, how did he look to you in, in that start? And um, just in general, what do you think about the story? His second career comeback, 37, and, and helping you guys out here in, in the stretch run in an important game. I thought he was really sharp. Um, I mean, I can't imagine being going through what he has and the success he's had in the big leagues and pitching in the minor leagues the entire year um, and then coming up in a game like last night when you know we the division's on the line and uh, he seemed cool calm and collected and uh, he pitched great could have easily I think gone deeper in the game uh, a couple things go different there in the fifth inning uh, has he shown you guys his silver medal? I haven't so, seen it. Oh. Um, obviously, the the real standout in the second half on the staff has been Logan Webb. Yeah. Um, how different is Logan, for, even from maybe earlier this this season? Um, how, how, what's his maturation process been like on the mound this year? I think it's confidence. I really do. I mean, I think the stuff's been there for a while now, and I think he's just understanding who he is as a pitcher a lot more now, and he understands how good he is. And, uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's, he's got three pitches that are all elite and uh, can mix a couple more in there if he needs to to give guys a look. So there's just a lot of weapons. Um, and he's the type of guy that I think, and, and we've seen it, but I think you're going to see him you know, be a 200-plus inning guy in his career. I think I, I really believe he's got the makeup to do that, and I think he's physically going to be strong enough to do that as well. Does he remind you of anybody that you've worked with? He's got a little cane in him to me. You know, it's like that quiet, quiet confidence, but there's a lot of fire in there as yeah. well. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. I, I, as an older catcher, do you enjoy working with kind of a – I mean, he's got a little bit of a goofy side. He's obviously young, very talented. Is that fun for you to work with somebody like that? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, when you got a guy like Logan that can do move the ball like he can, change speeds. Uh, it, it's it's fun for a catcher. Your bullpen's been asked to do a lot, especially here in this um, last month or so with a bunch of bullpen games. What what have you thought about the job they've done? You know, and they've they've been missing some parts here and there too. They've been incredible. Yeah, I've never seen, been a part of a, a team where more has been asked from a bullpen. And, uh, I mean, even last, the last two nights, I think Gauz went four, if my memory serves me correct, and then correctly, and then Kaz was four. So, uh, not necessarily bullpen games per se, but they turned into them. Um, so guys having to pitch in uh, different innings, uh, different roles. McGee being down is a, a challenge. He's been uh, so solid for us in the back end. But, um, and what a what a strength they've been for us all year. Here's another big strength that we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, Kirk Casale. Um, you, you said he's you know maybe one of the most underrated players in the yeah. league. But what, how would you describe what he's brought you guys this year? Stability. Uh, I mean, if you don't, if we don't have Kurt, I'm not sure I can take the time off that I have. Uh, and he's got the, the full trust of the staff. Um, so prepared, so smart, 
instinctual. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure for me to, to work with him and kind of watch his process and how he goes about his day when he's playing. I'm doing the old reporter question and uh, thing and sneaking in the tough question at the very end. Uh, when when uh, when Crawford signed his extension, everybody kind of immediately went to you and said, "Are you next?" Have you had a chance to think about that more? Or are you just a, obviously that team has an option on, the, on you yeah. for next year, so it's not necessarily a pressing matter. No, I, I don't feel like it's pressing at this point. Um, trying to enjoy this last little bit, and not get any more gray on the way. And uh, <laughs> there's almost no gray in there. Ooh. Uh, you're kind. Um, and then I think it's just something that you know, we'll address once the season's over. Fantastic. Thanks okay. so much, Buster. Thanks again to Buster Posey for joining us on Giant Splash. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We will be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.